listening to the Ladylike Podcast. Ladylike is the show where funny women tell disgusting stories. I'm your host, Jenna Gephardt. Our live story comes from Spencer Diaz Tootle, and Spencer read a list of all the ways that she is problematic. This week, I sat down with Lucia Whalen, and we talked about breakups and sleep moaning and celibacy. Here's Lucia Whalen. I, um, yesterday, I didn't have any breakfast foods because I was out of oats Mm -hmm. and all I had (laughs) was like I'm not going grocery shopping so how am I going to solve this because my blood sugar is low and so (laughs) I looked like all I had was flax seeds so I googled like flax seed bread two ingredient flax seed bread and the ingredients were water and flax seeds and you baked it and you ate it hard as a rock (laughs) (laughs) and I will continue eating it until it's gone did you one of the worst things you could ever imagine did you google the term two ingredient flax seed bread or you found that I googled easy flax seed bread oh okay they were like it's basically like a french baguette (laughs) absolutely was not that can't be true (laughs) That's like offensive to French people. Um, so that's sort of what's been going on with me. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, wait. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, how do I? Eh, okay. Um. Well, yeah. Do you have, what else has been going on? <laughs> <laughs> we're both our arms are crossed. <laughs> and we're not our body language it feels like we went through a breakup and this is the first time we've talked (laughs) in four months that would be a good podcast whoa but it would be really hard to find people but yeah you find people that's basically like what the nobody why would anyone subject themselves to that well have you seen the you've probably seen on tiktok there are these like card games that it's like car uh, it's like question cards for like couples and parents and child and then there's one for exes and so it shows like exes talking and like wow. it's very intense i want to do it if an ex ever wanted to do it with me i would say absolutely well, I, I love that i shit. would but i'm like a psychopath i know well i want to know because i just want to know the truth they'll i never, want the answers they'll never tell you the truth that's what i've learned I know. that's what really pisses me off i would really want to just know the truth and in this life we can never really know the truth, unless you saw it with your own eyes. That's so true, John. You can't trust what anyone It's very profound. Here. But it pisses me off. I want to know, because I'm like, I why know. don't you just t- fucking tell me? But that's is a, that's um, that's just part of what we have to accept, is that sometimes you can't know it all, and that's the only closure you get. <laughs> so Jenna's going through something. <laughs> I'm more interviewing Jenna. I know he's cheating <laughs> on me. <laughs> well, you have to trust your gut. That's the thing that I, that's the thing I really struggle with. This this episode's going to be about trusting your gut. Tra- talking about bodies. I think we're not like taught how to trust our gut and oh, I'm literal gut. You you're mean. literal. Well, you're like intuition yeah. and yeah, and your gut. Feel really weird right now. I know. <laughs> and you need to trust that. I think my guts are telling me I have to take a shit. <laughs> and that's what you need. But the like body our bodies tell us the truth about people. When we have uh, when we have a weird feeling about someone, especially like when you first start dating someone. It's almost always true. Or if you the little if you look back, but, imagine, but I don't know. It's like in the moment if you're like, "Hey, uh, your my my body feels weird when I'm around you," so they'd be like, "Okay, you." But you don't off. tell them that. Well, what do you tell them? You're just like, I don't. You're just like, "Hey, I'm not into this anymore." Oh. I mean, if it's like consistently a weird feeling, you know. You absolutely sucked that coffee down, by the way. Babe. I chug. <laughs> I think that's the only reason I developed a drinking problem was I chug every liquid. <laughs> like I was amazing at flip cup. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm never I've never been a good chugger. Oh, I ch- I, j- I open my throat. I I can't even I can barely take a shot. It's it's like a three step process for me. Really? I, yeah, I put it in my mouth and I hold it there and I think about what I've done and then I swallowed in two parts like usually it's really oh i would love when i die i do want scientists to open up my throat and just look at the size (laughs) (laughs) because i can just take it down uh, like beer bong beer bongs or stuff like that like i probably did my roommate can absolutely suck of suck a natty light down through a tube she was wild it was 
yeah beautiful beautiful to behold um well anyways so do you have a little gross story to tell me no what the <laughs> hell <laughs> well i haven't really had much happen gross wise um no everything's been pretty in check <laughs> great <laughs> I guess that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I donated blood on Monday, and I all my anxiety is gone. I think I just had too much blood. <laughs> okay, that was when you were texting me about that. I was like, I sometimes I you are you present uh, normal, but you are if you scratch the surface a little bit, I'm like this. You're one of the weirdest people I have literally ever met in my life. Um, but yeah, you you being like. Yeah, I, I, I feel light as a bird. I feel free after giving a pint of blood. <laughs> it literally depletes your energy. Like you're fatigued for days. And you're like, no, no, I'm free from it. <laughs> I, that pint of blood was holding me back. <laughs> no, I feel amazing. I was like, Are you okay. <laughs> I did feel extremely nauseous the next morning. Actually, okay, yeah. Well, because I. I donated blood for the first time. Oh, that's the first time. It was my ever first done it? time. Yeah. Maybe the first time it's a lot easier. Cause the no, first I think time it's kind of keep it, being like that. For it me. didn't hurt me, but I was also like seventeen when the first time. Yeah, I donated. I biked to Whole Foods, got mm-hmm. some treats because she said I should eat special treats. She didn't give you a cookie. No, I got a cookie, oh, nice. and then I wanted like a big dinner. So then I went and got. Then I woke up and felt a little nauseous, but I had been feeling really, really anxious for like weeks up until that point. All my anxiety is gone. I think I had maybe blood pooling around my heart or something. I mean, <laughs> I want to do it like once a week, but I know you can't. No, no, they have they have they have a. It has to be it. every eight, eight weeks. When um when I was in high school, we I was on the National Honor Society. Did you have that? No. Or like, if, I, if we did, I was not involved. Oh, yeah. We would just do it like, it was just kind of like looked good on your on your college application. I'm so sure like my high school had it. You would do like, you'd like, you know, do like highway cleanup and go sing sing at old folks' homes and stuff. like. It was like, it was just like, uh, what do you, like, community outreach shit. But, um, so, but we would run the blood drive. They'd have blood drive two times a year. And all the... All the teenagers, once you're like 16, you could donate blood. And we loved that shit. We were all, it was so exciting. We were having a blast. Like, and so. Why is that? By the time, well, you got to get out of class. Oh, yeah. Number one. Um, I don't know. It's kind of exciting. I thought it would take longer than it did. It's, uh, people are different. Some people. Mine took 15 minutes. Oh, I could, I could crush you then. I I was doing it in like eight. (laughs) (laughs) But were you moving the ball though? Yeah. The thing I don't like is when the the needles you can still under see it. there. I know. When I was a kid, I like it was probably like my second time giving blood, and I heard the guy go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and I looked over, and he like popped the vein. And um, I wonder if I should have done like a trigger warning for needles and what stuff. Oh okay, yeah, sorry, needles. You have a, well, sorry about that. Um, it, it it was like as big as like a like a golf ball, like a ball of and. <laughs> he went oh shit and then they like did a thing wait on, what was as big as a golf ball it, the like blood under my skin had like Ew. and uh then he switched to the other arm and he got it in the other arm but i had this because the, then once the blood like seeped out i had this Ooh. insane bruise like on my whole arm like it didn't hurt but i had this like crazy bruise. yuck um <laughs> Yeah, I that's actually interesting that you said that I present as normal because I I I guess I didn't realize that like because I do life in my head is sometimes I think you're kidding and I go that's a funny joke and but it's real. <laughs> I think that's why I'm scared to let people get close to me. <laughs> well, I think it's endearing, but I mean you are like exceedingly weird. Like you know you're eating, you're like. You're having your like mushroom tea for breakfast with your like gruel, <laughs> and I even when I was like, I was like, it's oatmeal. I'm, that makes sense. And then I tasted it. It was like bitter. It was, it was it, not only was it not sweet, it was like kind of in the opposite direction. 
I was like, are you like doing this like punish yourself or something like? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Do you think you don't let yourself have like nice things? No, yeah, things? maybe. Well, part of that's just that I don't enjoy cooking, and I would rather eat something that tastes disgusting than have to put ten more minutes into cooking oh. it for myself. So, because cooking really stresses me out, and also I ate, I grew up in like a very health food household, so everything sort of tasted bad. Oh. So, like my um my tastes are very are not refined at all. And it's not like, like spam where I'm like I ate junk food. It's just like I ate dirt. Like dirt is sort of fine. I did, we weren't like health food, but we were not junk food family. Like we didn't have good snacks, but we yeah we didn't. But we weren't eating like, you know, like Luna bars or whatever. Like we went, but we went, but we're like no soda though. I would like to use this opportunity to just let everyone know. No one here knows me. Whoever's listening doesn't know me, but I am. I that was your announcement. No one can know me, and no one ever will. That I apparently, and I didn't do this on purpose. I put on, like, I, I'm wearing a mask, a social mask that I am like a very put together, intelligent, um, type A, maybe even person. I went on a date yeah, with you someone. Are not type a I'm all. not type A. I went on a date with someone. You are type- yeah. <laughs> I mean, so am I. Honestly, I'm, I'm like type E. I'm just, I have, <laughs> I'm more type A than you. I have really, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have really I severe it, ADHD. Being sober, I think, kind of gives the illusion that you're put it's together. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that there's a reason I'm sober. <laughs> like, I went on a date with someone the other been day. sober for, like, you know, since probably as long as most of us have known you, too. So yeah. like, we didn't see the, you know. It's true. Yeah, which... I always, I always sort of, I wish you all could have, because <laughs> it was really uh, a sight to behold. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it is weird to know that, like, oh, no one will ever see that side of me ever again. You could relapse. I could. That'd be so sweet. <laughs> just, just, that'd be the ultimate codependence. I want them to all to see it, though. <laughs> but I went on a date last week, a very weird date, and... Um, and I thought you were celibate. Yeah, I am celibate, but it was more. It, it was someone who was out of town, who's uh, in from out of town. I'll I'll tell you afterwards. Um, you might. And Ooh. and and it wasn't even like Mouth an official date. What? Mouth it to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and um, he's cute. Yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> some details I got afterwards have <laughs> crushed it for me. But it was it was just like we were sort of vibing and and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But he said, because uh, he has ADHD, and uh, and I said like, oh yeah, I have like really severe ADHD. And he was like, oh what? <laughs> like I thought you'd be like, you seem like you sort of have it all together. And I was like, wow. No one, no one knows the true me. Well, isn't that a thing too? Where like, no women, like no one ever diagnoses women with ADD. Because like, we mask it. Yeah. Because we were good at adapting to, uh, to seem normal. That's why autism gets really underdiagnosed in women. Because mm. it, it it presents differently in men. Because men are allowed to be, yeah, to be their true selves. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I dated a guy on the spectrum, and I still feel like I'm recovering Which from spectrum? it. Gay, all of them. <laughs> and the gay um, spectrum. <laughs> and he was severely undiagnosed with autism. He clearly had it. His therapist told him to get an official diagnosis. How but, do you even do that? What do you mean? Like get an official diagnosis. You just go like, like you have to take talk. a test. Oh, you have to like so it is like a whole process, which mm. is sort of annoying. Um, but he took like one of those unofficial ones that I sent him on the internet. And oh, I made my sister take one of those. Yeah, and he she had it, and he scored as high <laughs> as you can <laughs> oh, without really? like without getting an official Bert diagnosis. Scored as low as you could, but still having it. Oh, really? Interesting. But she it was like light. You know, I think most women probably so. And um, then I took the AD but he one. would <laughs> his like he would say the meanest things to me and not realize mm-hmm. that what he was saying was offensive and so then it was like impossible to be mad at him because i was like oh you're not being malicious like i would never date someone who was like intentionally mean i I like nice people but it was like such a weird thing to be with someone who was like he just like got away with (laughs) saying the most insane thing too where he same thing he would say stuff where you're like you can't say that and he was like what like or like you remember 
Oh yeah. She was like that so bad and classic. Um, I always thought it was like she's so cute that. Yeah, she was really so hot. So it was just like an endearing to be, quality. To be diagnosed with Asperger's, but she would say so for you like, when I first met her, I was like, "Wow, oh, I hate you," and then I was like, "Oh no, you don't." She's not saying it out of. She's not being malicious. She's just brain goes straight to mouth. And like when we were at the, we we're at the Laugh Factory Christmas party. And she was wearing this, like, you know, cute little outfit. And I go, I go, oh, wow, you look great. And she looks like she goes, oh, wow, you look butch. Because <laughs> I was wearing, I was in my button down. Well, it's confusing when she's a co- she was a comedian also. Yeah. So. But I don't, yeah, I don't think she was saying it <laughs> to be me. Like, because I'm like, I literally just complimented you. But Yeah. It's confusing. Sometimes it's refreshing to get brutal honesty. Because I do like getting the honest truth. But then sometimes it's also just yeah, it's like talking to you like got a, a child. Coat. Yeah, literally, when children are like, "You look ugly today," <laughs> and you're like, hmm. <laughs> ah, "Okay." <laughs> My therapist told me I look tired. When Have I'm... you been seeing a therapist? No. Okay. Well, I fired him after he told me I look tired. What, Jenna? Well, not literally right after, but um, well, he we just really weren't we did not vibe at all, like. It was, he just, I've told you that. We just, sometimes we just stare at each other in silence. And, like, I wanted, like, oh, yeah. some, like, insights and stuff. And the best he you would do. You should see a woman. Yeah, definitely. The, be- the best he would do is sort of Hey, famous what last I words. Said. You should see a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but he would just, like, kind of recap what I said at best. And I was, like, I wanted to, like, and he wouldn't, like, I was sometimes I'd, like, ask him questions about himself and he wouldn't, like, answer. And I was, like, I, th- I kind of wanted this to be, like, a. I don't know. It was, it was, I the well, you're not going to get many pieces of information about your therapist from your therapist. But I feel like they would be so much more, like, relatable for me if he was like, well, you know, in my whatever. Or, like, I don't know. I, mean, I That was the first time I'd been to therapy, so I don't really know what the rules are. But um, one time I was even like, how old are you? And he went, in my 30s. He wouldn't even tell me his That's age. That's weird. That's weird. I feel like my therapist doesn't give me pieces of information about her, but she definitely will be like... I, on occasion, she's been like, well, well, no, she, I guess she doesn't do that that often, but she definitely has been like, I think most people like this or this person. Yeah. It just felt like I wasn't even talking to like another person. I was, it was like, and it was, was kind of nice to have somebody like listen to me, but at the same time, like, I wasn't like, I don't know. The first few times I was just weeping the entire time. So it was kind of nice, but, um, <laughs> but it was so weird to like cry that much in front of a complete stranger. I used to think that. For a while, because I was considering seeing another therapist, I was like, maybe it actually would be good to see a man because for relationships, it would actually probably be helpful to get, like, a guy's perspective. And also, like, I get along with men very well. But I also felt that way about living with roommates, and then that didn't work out. So I think – I do think women – general, I don't know. I think men can be good therapists, but probably, but I think women – have the golden touch or maybe like an old man yeah and not someone in their 30s oh i yeah i i wouldn't whatever that means Um, also when i when i stopped going i was like because the last few times i'd seen him we i like couldn't think of anything to say and it was for an hour and i was like we had a lot of time just staring at each other so i was like so weird just wasn't like going anywhere but i just told him i got better (laughs) Instead of being like, ah, we, I'm not really, really funny. vibing with you, I just was like, actually, I feel better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm healed. <laughs> That's funny. How did you find him? Um, I went through Toller's, um, where Toller had the, it was it's called, well, I won't say what it's called, um, but what the like therapy group that he had been seeing his therapist, he just recommended the group, and then this guy was the only one that had oh, I a spot why. open I yeah so now you got to keep looking well i've just been so stressed it's like out. dating it really is like dating i know that's the thing though like, like I me was... i've i've just stopped with the first person i talk to every time which is <laughs> how i date but I... i've gotten but i've also just gotten really lucky with every therapist i've ever seen how many have you had i've had a lot i've had um in college i saw one and then i moved and so then i saw another woman and she I actually felt sort of uncomfortable with her, but I still, like, saw her and got – it was, like, useful. But she, I wasn't super comfortable with her. She was, like, an older woman. And then in college, 
I saw someone just like at the counseling center who was like a grad student. And then I saw another woman. So that was four. And now I've landed on my fifth. Oh, wow. And I've been with her for three years and it's the longest relationship I've ever had. I'm the healthiest. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll try again. I I probably do need to go. I'm feeling extremely unhinged. But um How's this podcast going? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Not top ten, but uh <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I haven't had much gross stuff going on. My body's sort of in check. I'm trying to think. Have any I'm trying to, I've been delaying setting up my bidet, so I just have like a bidet out right now. You've got to set it up. I know. I need a man to come do oh, it for um, me. No, no. Do it for yourself. It's really empowering. Also, it's really fucking easy. Well, no, because I think my toilet's like a little weird, so I'm having a hard time figuring out how to like put mm. the... Because it's all old, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I love my bidet. I know. It really I miss my it. My, my butts... I talk about it a lot. I'm using too much toilet paper for sure without a bidet. Everyone should have a bidet. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, like, cleaner. It does. Even, like, even not even the paper that we're wasting. It's just, like, I, I mean, I say this all the time, but it's, like, if you went to the bathroom and then you go to wash your hands and you don't use any water and you take a, t- you just take some dry paper towel and rub them on your hands, would you consider your hands clean? No. No. And those are just your hands. And that's just your hands. That's your and poopy, poopy yeah. asshole. <laughs> that's just your hands that didn't actually even touch the poop. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right, ladies? Right, ladies. <laughs> Let's get a little dookie on there. <laughs> Hands. Hey. We do. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have... Um, <laughs> I haven't had sex. I've been celibate for eight months. Yeah. I like to come and bring the other perspective on to Lady Lake, yeah. which is the sexless, the prudish, the prudish, <laughs> and not enough people are representing us. I used to feel That's very true, insecure. Actually. I used to feel very insecure about the fact that I'm not a sexy sex person, and um, and now I'm realizing that that population actually needs more representation. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's okay if you're not having sex. Yeah. And you're just reading a lot of books. Maybe it's better, actually, in some ways. I highly recommend it for a period. I've also been reading a lot of books. Yeah. But it's because I'm alone. Yeah. It's good. You can never be alone with a book. That's what a guy named Todd told me. Yeah. That's true. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I haven't had sex for eight months on purpose, and I am starting to get the itches (laughs) for just an arm around me. I saw a guy with his arm like on the back of a couch and you want to go sit I there? had to I had to resist with every piece with <laughs> every ounce of my being her? to go and just nuzzle into it. A stranger? It. Or I sort of knew him. Oh. <laughs> it would be like very weird if I did. <laughs> yeah. It is physical to yeah, that is one thing. I do miss like I really like sleeping in a bed with someone. Like, I don't like sleeping. I was gonna say a lot. Some people are bad sleepers and they don't really like it. But I I like cuddling do. with people, but I have yeah. a really hard time falling asleep, and it really pisses me skin off when guys. Skin. It really pisses me off when guys can just immediately fall asleep That's next me. to you, and then you just That's me. are wide awake. Mm-hmm. I'm the one, and I I've been told I uh, snore actually. Um, I knew I sometimes snored. I think I snore maybe a lot. Oh, I know what I can talk about. Oh, I just thought of something too. Okay, so you go do The it. moaning in my sleep? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I thought of something for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought of something that from my life to share. Um, <laughs> not that you give a fuck, but... <laughs> okay, yeah, don't talk about the moaning. Do you know about this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard you do it. Wait, because you heard the recording? Wait, in person? Oh, no, wait. You just, I've just heard you do little ones. When we were like in Austin, they were just, they oh, weren't, but they weren't, they weren't the big, you showed but me I, the big ones. I didn't realize you even heard the little ones. You're just making little, it wasn't like crazy. Okay. okay well, you tell it. Okay. okay. I think of something well, else. I didn't realize this. Well, I've all, I've been a lifelong, first of all, let me say that I'm glad we've touched on this because this is probably the deepest level of shame that I have at this point. Like, I don't know why. It's what you do when because you're asleep it's so, is none, none of your fucking business. But, but it. Is but it is snoring. other people's business because now I've slept in. <laughs> but it's not my business. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's their problem. It's not my. Well, problem. it just feels like a deeply I'm repressed. Th- it feels like something deeply repressed that's coming out in like my sleep. Like the way Jeff would always have wet dreams. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So I've all Osmus. Osmus. Yeah, go listen to his freaking podcast. Um, <laughs> I've been a lifelong sleep talker. I've always like been doing weird stuff in my sleep. I sleepwalk. 
and that's scary though yeah i haven't sleepwalked in a long time um but i definitely talk in my sleep and a few years ago right before the pandemic started i was on a trip for school with my friend we were staying in a hotel and i had been very very sick um and so i was like using nyquil to go to bed and that's what i'm blaming for this i was having like really bad breathing issues first of all so like my breathing was messed up and i was taking nyquil and so i was like doing weird stuff in my sleep. i have like nyquil has an ambient like effect on me i was gonna say i took nyquil the other day i was feeling kind of sick but i also stayed up way too late and then i took nyquil and i slept into the afternoon and i never do that like i wake up at like I mean, I wake up at like ten thirty, and then I'll like maybe go back. To bed. But I was like, slept like it's I, a I heavy drug. Like, <gasps> like, yeah, I've never slept that late, like literally ever in my life. That deep or that late? Like it's one of the because I'm not a great sleeper, and um, so we were in this hotel room, and I was taking a lot of Nyquil, and I would sort of wake wake myself up like talking. And I started like I was dating someone at the time, and the once I woke up, I woke myself up saying you're being a little bitch. <laughs> and I was also watching a lot of um, Sex in the City, so I also woke myself up saying, like, you you work in in carpentry or something. Like, And I was, like, in Sex in the City in my head. So I was, like, talking in my sleep a lot and waking and myself up. You were rejecting a blue-collar man? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You were Samantha Jones? Yes. Honey, please. Uh, honey, please. So so we were in this hotel. I know. She would, she would fuck a carpenter. She'd be like, nail that, then nail me. <laughs> That's good. Um, she, she didn't discriminate. She, she's, she did it all. Yeah. Actually, I think there is an episode where she fucks a fireman. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm taking a very long time to get to this. So basically, I was on NyQuil. We were in a hotel room, and one night I woke up. And had been talking in my sleep, and I wake and I wake up having sleptwalked over to her. I'm like <gasps> over my friend's body, picking up her water bottle, and she wakes up screaming. <laughs> and in my half sleep, I said like, "Abigail said I could have your water," and Abigail is our professor, and she was like, "Oh my god, Lucian!" I was like, "I'm so sorry," and I just like went back to bed. But then the next day, she was like, "Lucia, I recorded you sleeping." <laughs> And you're doing these moans, these incredibly sexual, like, orgasmic moans in your sleep. And she was like, it sounds like you're masturbating. <laughs> and I listened to it, and it's like... Wait, don't you still have it? I do. I would have to find it. Play it for the people. <sighs> okay. I'll, I'll, after I tell the story, I'll look okay. it up. Um, there, It's so deeply sexual. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing, because it was like, first of all, I don't have control over this. And this strain, this, like, it's a, she's a friend of mine, but... She doesn't know, like, (laughs) it's so uncomfortable that, like, it sounded like I was masturbating. And she probably thought, in the middle of the night, having woken her up doing that, she probably thought I was masturbating. Yeah, it's funny to think you were like, (laughs) you're like, I gotta rub one out on this trip. (laughs) But then you, the most, like, sensual, (laughs) not even just, like, a quiet, like, uh, you're like, uh, (laughs) It's literally like, uh, uh. And so then, so then, and it was just like so embarrassing. And so then I, we got back and then I went on to a comedy festival and was sharing a bed with our friend Elsie. And Elsie and I weren't really friends yet at that point. We just were sort of acquaintances. And I did the same thing, <laughs> but she fully thought I was masturbating. And she was like, Lucia, what were you doing last night? And I was like, oh, and she weirdly, she knew our other friend Elena. So I was like, talk to Elena. Elena knows. It's, and then I shared an a hotel room with our friend Alex Dragovich mm-hmm. and he didn't overtly tell me that I was moaning but on our way there I warned him on our way to a club I warned him that I talk in my sleep and then on our way back I was like oh so you didn't say anything about me talking in my sleep and he was like yeah at least you're like moaning or something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I do this, this does thing. shed a little more light on him never wanting to do <laughs> yeah weird that because <laughs> you were Jacking off the entire night. He was like, oh, yeah, there's kind of a tension between us. I don't know. <laughs> hmm, interesting. You can bring up that. Yeah, I probably woke him up with my moaning. He's like, oh, she loved my set. Um, <laughs> so, so I looked it up, and there is, I like, other women have this, and I would have to find the article, but it said, like, a deeply disturbing sexual noise. It's like a, it's a sleep disorder. <laughs> 
and it's some sort of like breathing issue. I don't I don't even know if I do it anymore. I I have one of those like sleep talk things on my phone, but I don't do it that often because I just sleep alone. And my the last ex, I, uh, no guy I've been with has ever called me out for it, but they've all been deep sleepers. Um, but it is literally like oh, this is just so embarrassing. I'll, I I will pull up the recording, but it's literally like. It's just like, and it's just so embarrassing because I'm in my waking life. Mm -hmm. I have no sexual urges. I have a sexual urge like once every three months. (laughs) I have my head deep in a book most of the time. I just like don't even, I walk around the world like I'm a sexless person. And I'm just like, yeah, people just look at me like a like a human, not man or a woman. <laughs> just <laughs> and there seems to be something deep, deep down inside of me that's trying to get out. <laughs> I'm I use a vibrator, like out. it's not like I'm not letting it out, but there seems to be some even deeper darkness. <laughs> it's just like it's so weird. My friend would make these like these little like <laughs> when she would breathe in and out no, when she was in a deep phone. sleep. Yeah. She would go Every time like she would breathe. Thought, um, that's what I thought I was doing. And I thought I must be making like a coy. Like when I talked in my sleep, I thought I must be the, just making these like cute little noises and be like, <laughs> mm. that's cute. Not like, mm. <laughs> you're, you're asleep. You're like, fuck. fuck. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> oh my God. It's just. Daddy? No, you can't just say dad. (laughs) It's daddy or nothing. (laughs) You can't just say dad. That's a different. That's a different pornography. Okay, wait. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Have you heard of the porn where you just listen to it? Yes, I've actually done that, and that it makes me feel more comfortable. I never. Me too. I never even heard about it. Which, of course, I should have known it was a thing. I always forget that they do make porn for soft little women like me, but. It's just this guy jacking off, but he's like doing dirty talk, like he's like fucking someone, and it's just it's like really like garbled, and it's him being like, "Yeah, baby, just like that." <laughs> I was like, "Woohoo!" It definitely. I prefer it. I mean, I don't. Um, Ow. I'm not a really porn person anyway. I'm no, more, I'm super not. I more check in with what's going on in the porn world like every once, once a, a year. Lot, yeah, every once in a while I'll look at it, and I just I don't like it. Worst worst case scenario, I see something that like I can't unsee. Yeah, and then but most of the time I'm just like, everything is so aggressive. Like it's even so like aggressive. even like a run of the mill like blowjob for in porn is like you're hurting this woman. I can see in her eyes she's not having fun. I I don't like it. Well, okay, so that um, is this it? Oh no! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that? so this was this was so I was recording. I was doing the sleep talk recording, and I was at um, a festival with our friend Chris. And this is all the sleep talk picked up. Is very disturbing. Like, have yeah. you ever watched straight porn and felt turned on? Mm-mm. No, I feel I feel gives me a stomachache. Okay, I thought I because I've always well, okay. It's made me like question my sexuality. The amateur deeply. kind when it's a couple that's in love and they just are getting off on making a video that has been nice for me, but like the kind that where they're like we're filming this and it, we're in a hotel room somewhere. Nah, no, I do not like it. It is. It feels deeply disturbing to me and just makes me really uncomfortable. And so then it's that made me like, like question my sexuality because I'm like, like, who's watching this? I'm like, oh, I'm not enjoying this at all. A lot of my friends almost exclusively watch lesbian porn. Yeah, I. That's the only kind they I treat watch. Each other more sweet. Yeah, but well, even still, you can accidentally see some shit in there too. I know. Like, I mean, it's like. Well, they also say that women prefer lesbian porn because it like centers the woman's pleasure mm-hmm. and that's what we can relate to when it's a guy being yeah, like, like no no yeah i want to see somebody i want to see somebody get their pussy eat ate yeah they ate that it, it was the pussy i can't find the recording uh, okay well so that's sort of what's going on with me um okay the thing that i was thinking of before when we were talking about snoring so i've been I, people keep telling me that I 
snore a bit. Okay. And I was having a threesome um, that really... Wait, when when was this? It was semi-recently. Okay. Um, it was just one of Wait, those with things Mouth where... I will not be telling you Why? that. I don't want to. I, I can't. Anyone. I literally can't. I cannot Please. bring myself. Nope. I wish I had some information to exchange with you. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, it sort of got out of my hands. I'll say that. Okay. Um, but, but I wasn't like. I wasn't really into it. It was like kind of the ball started got rolling, and then I was like, oh, I guess I said oh, we were doing this. Um, so then I sort of went to sleep. I guess I went to sleep. Uh, <laughs> But they were like kind of still doing stuff, and then they woke me up because I like passed out and started snoring. Oh, really? <laughs> well, they were still like making out and stuff, and they're like, "Hey, can you stop doing that?" <laughs> you, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to get into a situation like that. The situation gets into you sometimes, unfortunately. But I still can't feel anything. So, yeah, I think you should I try celibacy. I always need to try to feel something. I can't feel anything. I think you should try celibacy. You need to start feeling life. Yeah. Start feeling your hopes and dreams. Man, this is really I don't even know what they are. Find it. See, that's why you gotta look. See, I am <sighs> I feel very scared about um starting any sort of relationship again. And I I have a little bit of time left in not doing it, but I tend to really lose myself in uh relationships and I've realized it's because I am not super clear. I mean, I have a lot of stuff that I do and I have a lot of projects, but when it comes down to it, like I'm not super clear on my goals or like what I want to do. And so relationships are very convenient ways to distract from that. That is definitely, I definitely want to find, I don't even know if I want to find like a boyfriend right now, but I just want to find someone that's like fun and cool to hang out with and like go get dinner with, but also have fun sex with but i do want to i do want someone to distract me yeah <laughs> that is what i want from like from everything um see you need to find right here Jenna. <laughs> so boring. it honestly is <laughs> um yeah but i am sick of like actively looking so i think i might stop doing that and just whatever just see what the universe do, do not chase attract Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the laws of the universe. Maybe you're right. You can't don't force it because then you attract freaks. Not you, just everyone. Yeah. Anytime I force it, I'm not thrilled with what I have forced. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, you gotta let right. it come to you. Really <sighs> spiritual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? Don't chase attract. Give us one more of those little moans before we head out. Mm. <laughs> So, at our live show, the audience can submit their own disgusting story to be read on stage anonymously, and these are some of those stories. Um, In high school, I broke up with my first boyfriend, and he was crying really hard while I was saying goodbye. I gave him one last kiss, and when I pulled away, a sizable string of snot was stuck to my face. (laughs) The experience changed me. His snot? Yeah. Ugh. That's (laughs) gross. That's a good way to get the final ick, though, at the end. Like (laughs) Like a real ick. One time, there was this. I, there was this guy that. Well, I shouldn't say who. He, I in college, there's this guy I found very charming for a long time, and I was like, wow. I went, and then, by the time, we got to Chicago, I was like, okay, no, I see through your little mm. thing. Um, but this super like confident, charismatic. And we were at a party, and he had this booger. Like one of those Ugh. dry ones, <laughs> hanging out of his nose, like dangling. Like I don't understand like how it was like suspended. It was so big, and I like couldn't bring myself to be like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta like wipe your <laughs> face off." Like, can you not feel the weight of that? Oh thing? my like, god! Like, and I couldn't bring myself. And I, so I'm having this, con- but I am also like uh, trying not to look at it. So I'm like, I'm like just looking in his eyes. It's okay. Don't look down. Don't look down. And like I'm like barely like conversing with him because I'm so uncomfortable. And then a third person walks up and joins the conversation. And I'm like, this guy's going to look at this crazy fucking <laughs> booger. And he's going to know not, that I didn't <laughs> tell him about it. And he's going to tell him. And then he walked up and he also didn't tell him. <laughs> and all three of us, all four of us really Ew. were having this. <laughs> So? It's so rough getting the. Ugh. Have you had like the? I just laughed after that. Did I tell you about the? It, it's so like 
Sometimes it's so liberating to get the ick for someone you have a crush on because then you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm free. Did I tell you about my guitar teacher? No. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> so I had a huge crush on my guitar teacher who I was like in a group class that he had for like maybe four months. And he was what I call a bridge crush, which is one of the first crushes you get after a breakup. And they're they're not someone you're ever going to be with, but they're someone who like it's your first crush and they get you over the bridge to like the hope that there's more, <laughs> but you're never going to be with them. And so he was sort of my bi- my bridge crush and he was really cute and really smart. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like the, more the type of person I would want to be with. And I was like, he's hot and he plays guitar. <laughs> and then- <laughs> But then more and more as the weeks pass, like he would just say and do things that I was sort of like, oh, like he's just sort of cringy. And then I was in a class with him and he took out his guitar and he was like, I played a song. I just wrote a song. Can I play it for you guys? And we were all like, yeah, I guess. I mean, you're the teacher. <laughs> he was like, it's called, oh wait, fuck, what was it called? It was called, um... Oh no, I'm gonna ruin the story by not remembering. It was it was called something like um oh, it was called Enter the Vibe Zone. <laughs> but like not sarcastically. Not sarcastically. Oh, and the lyrics no. were like he just starts playing it and the lyrics are like, I know you've had a rough week, but like it's the weekend, come with me to the vibe zone. And it was like so sincere and and then just everyone, like, you could just, like, see everyone dissociating. <laughs> like, everyone's just souls left Dude, their body. When musicians talk, it is so, uh, when it, whenever you're, like, at a concert and they're, like, in the middle, they go, hey, you guys, have you been hearing about, and you're, like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut so horrible that this is being thrust upon us right now and we just have to like persevere through and I was like freed I was like I am so turned off by this I am free you did not enter the vibe I did not enter the vibe zone I don't know who he's bringing into the vibe zone um okay I got another one for you um okay one time I was on a date with this guy and I ordered a coffee at the restaurant. I forgot to mention that I was lactose intolerant and needed alternative milk. <coughs> and then I'm talking. <clears throat> and then and then when we hooked up later, I started during doggy. <laughs> Ew. Uh, I don't know if I've ever sharted. Jesus. <laughs> um, I haven't either. I haven't. I have been eating a lot of beets <laughs> as a way to spice things up in my life. Your pee turns co- Yeah, your pee turns red, which they don't talk about. They always you talk about your poop. I know. I had that same thing where like, I was going through a beet phase, and I was like, oh, shit. And then I was remembered as a beet. Also, if sometimes like asparagus hits me like a train, and I'll forget I even ate it. Like I was, it, I had like a salad that had like a little bit of pieces of asparagus, like pickled asparagus in the salad, and I forgot I ate Even it. Even just one little piece will get you. And I peed. Yeah, I mean, I had like, there's like four bites of asparagus, and I was peeing. I was like, holy shit. I love asparagus <laughs> I feel apologize to everyone in a public restroom. Mm. I go, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they love that. Um, okay, I'll, I'll read you one more. One time I accidentally ate one of the cat turds. Oh my God. <laughs> or sorry, one of my cat's turds, not one of the cat turds. <laughs> one, of, one of my decorative cat turds. Okay. One time I accidentally ate one of my cat's turds because it was on my kitchen counter and I thought it was a chocolate chip from the cookies I baked the night before. Ew. That, that would, be, would rough. be rough. That would be gross. Oh, sorry for that person. Yeah, we're sorry. <sighs> well,. I hope if you if you guys listen to this episode that you are healed more and know that it's okay if you're not a big sexy sex person. <laughs> the world doesn't only need sexy sex people. They need to be friends with other sexy sex people. <laughs> That's profound. <laughs> That's me and Jenna. Jenna, uh, I feel like me and Jenna are so opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. But I'm kind of a monster. It's very cool. We meet in the middle and exchange what's going on in our different <laughs> universes. I go, oh, people are doing that with their bodies these days. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what they're and doing. You, and you go, oh, people put that in their bodies. 
Yeah, what kind of magical dust you're <laughs> sucking down today? <laughs> Our live story comes from Spencer Diaz Toodle. Spencer is a poet and comic in Chicago, and this was recorded in May of 2023. Here's Spencer Diaz Toodle. My name is Spencer Diaz Toodle, and I am a poet, and I am, because I'm a serious bitch, and I'm also <laughs> a very funny bitch, and um, a horny bitch, and I'm also really like, you know, I'm on like a high horse, like a little <laughs> bit like too woke sometimes. Um, I'm um, I'm Latina, but I also have a white dad, um, and like as is so unfortunately common, um, and, and I have a white husband too. Um, anyway, I was like saying some shit to him the other day about his bogus bullshit and uh, my husband, um, and he was like saying some shit to me about respectfully calling me in about how I'm on a high horse, and it led to some reflection, which I'll now be sharing. A non-exhaustive list of the many ways in which I am problematic, or an unfortunate homage to my white father in our shared ancestral lineage of other white men. Number one, top of the list. Top of the list, the type of porn I watch. Anybody want to guess? Anybody? You don't want to? What? Big dick. No. <laughs> Big booty lesbian Latina porn only. Exclusively. Literally only. If I see an ad for something with the dick, I like throw my vibrator across the room. It's not happening. It's just true. I'm out here fetishizing my damn self. <laughs> say that this has something to do with wanting to fuck my mother, but I think it's more likely that generations of rape and pillaging have epigenetically scrambled my sexuality such that I am now desperate to self-colonize. <laughs> Number two, I do own copies of All About Love, the ethical slut, and the body keeps the score. And I do have them prominently displayed on my bookshelf, but y'all, I have never read any of them. <laughs> I haven't even cracked those bitches' spines. Worse still, I sometimes talk about these books as if mm -hmm, I have read them. I even go so far as to reference the authors by their first names as if we once met at a writing residency in the Poconos. <laughs> to when someone says, I read somewhere, when what they really mean is that they watched a TikTok, which I also do. <laughs> I am a fraud, and I am a phony, and I am not to be trusted. <laughs> Number three, my perhaps very, very favorite genre of film is war movies. <laughs> Violent, brutal epics. 1917, it deserved best picture. Saving Private Ryan times the Patriot, aim small, miss small. A gratuitously tragic tale of the American Revolution starring known good guy Mel Gibson. Sign this puta up. Savoring the cinematic glory of dramatized battles is peak white man shit and my DNA might as well be Morse code. Number four. Y'all, I love Eminem. <laughs> the real Slim Shady. <laughs> I am a Marshall Mathers stan. And yes, that is an intentional reference to that song he did with Dido. <laughs> but truth be told, my most favorite of his music is even more violent than that banger in which he and who's pregnant at the time, and we won't talk about that. But I like the ones that are even worse than that. I gravitate towards his most femicidal lyrics. And in fact, Eminem is a big part of the reason that I started writing poetry in middle school. He's like my personal Bukowski. <laughs> Number five. I love attention so much that sometimes I don't mind being catcalled. 
And in fact, if I ride my bike to work, I work at a restaurant in Wrigleyville, and I don't get catcalled at least once, it will negatively impact my self-esteem and my ability to sell brunch at a <laughs> Number six, if any of you, Gabby, my bestie, have ever asked me where I got something and I said, oh, my mom sent it to me, that means that I have ordered it from Amazon.com. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Bezos himself profited off of me and I am too embarrassed to admit it, so I instead choose to flout accountability and blame my poor mother just like my white man predecessors. <laughs> Number seven. I feel genuine pride when someone notices and mentions that I am good at using chopsticks. And I know that this is at least a little bit racist because if someone said to me, wow, Spencer, you and that French onion soup, I mean, the way you use your spoon, I would be very insulted, you know? Like that, that is racist of me to care about that. Number eight, if I am fucking a man and he is taking longer than I'd like for him to take to come, I will call him Poppy just to speed the shit along and it works every time. Number nine, if however a man asks me to call him Poppy, Nine times out of 10, what he's really asking for is a lecture on the fetishization and historic impact of Latinas, complete with sources cited from some book that I have absolutely read. <laughs> and number 10, as I'm writing this, as I'm reading it, I feel increasingly worried that y'all might not like me anymore after hearing all of my really dirty laundry, or that I am ripping off, I mean ripping off, this is, this is actually the most embarrassing. I started to think, am I ripping off that song that Taylor Swift did, where she sings about being problematic. Um, and that, I was in the green room writing that, just that that I just said, and I was like, oh fuck. Anyway, or that I should have included at least one story about cum, like for the vibe. <laughs> but, as Bessel van der Kolk famously wrote in The Body Keeps the Score, as long as you keep secrets and suppress information, you are fundamentally at war with yourself. The critical issue is allowing yourself to know what you know about yourself. That takes an enormous amount of courage. Ipso facto, I'm healed. Yeah. You've been listening to the Ladylike Podcast. I've been here with Lucia Whalen. Uh, Instagram is at Lucia Whalen. Podcast is at uh, is What A Waste Podcast. And, uh, yeah. I'm Jenna Gephardt, and this podcast was produced by me. Our theme song is Type of Wound by Natalie Grace Alford. New episodes come out every Monday, and our live show happens every third Tuesday of the month at the Lincoln Lodge Theater. If you like what you hear, please rate and subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you next week.